And we're rocking. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, sir? I'm very good, thank good you. Good stuff. Can you start tell us a wee bit about yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Sarah. I'm a life coach. My business is called The Better Life Project. And my job is to help people achieve their personal and professional goals whilst developing their confidence and self-esteem. I am, I guess, very passionate about helping women feel empowered and helping them develop a healthy body image. Um, so I do a lot of women workshops. I have an online learning community called L School. I basically just live and breathe for helping women feel more powerful in their skin. I do a lot of work with men, but women just seem to be drawn to me. You're leaving us out, are you? <laughs> just a little bit. It's not on purpose, though. <laughs> but that's, that is fantastic, because I, I found out about you through... Um, Wellfest, yeah. originally the blog, because I read, mm -hmm. read your blog and stuff, and I was like, this is fantastic, I'm going to mm. get in touch. You. So you actually done Wellfest? I did it twice, yeah, the first two years it was running, and it was a, an amazing experience. Both of my talks was just um, around how to love your body and feel comfortable in your skin. Um, so it was very exciting to spread that message, especially within the health and fitness industry, simply because there's a lot of health and fitness influencers, trainers or coaches who try to support the idea that you can love your body when, or you'll love your body if. And I'm just trying to, I guess, teach, no, let's just love our body now. Brilliant. Let's just accept it now because Fantastic. of all the wonderful things that it can do as opposed to the way that we feel it should look. Mm -hmm. Where did all this start or more why? It started because of my own journey so I'm 32 now but I've really only started to accept my body since I was um, 31 and a half, probably since I was about 28 or 29 I really started to begin to accept my body for who she was. Um, I refer to my body as a she. I've, I, I, I believe that she is my friend and that I want to be able to treat her like I would treat my friends with love and kindness. Um, I was probably in my early teens when I developed an eating disorder. I was bulimic for a while. Um, outside of that, always just felt very uncomfortable in my skin, felt like I was very big. Never used um, words like fat to describe me, not that fat is a bad word, mm -hmm. but I just felt like I took up too much space and I just wanted to reduce the amount of space that I took up in the world. So um, I began to develop a very bad relationship to food. Mm -hmm. And when I left school, I began to develop a very bad relationship to exercise. Okay. And it was my relationship to exercise that kind of tipped me over the edge in terms of um, uh, developing very poor self-esteem. Mm -hmm. I began to CrossFit and whilst CrossFit was a gift, it was also responsible for me um, feeling very, very bad about myself, feeling like my body was never going to be enough. Um, so all of the work that I do around women was born from my own experiences okay. and from how I wanted to be able to help people because I didn't see people like me when I was 15 years of age struggling with acceptance. Mm -hmm. I saw people in magazines going, oh, you can be happy when you get this body shape and here's a trick to help you lose 10 pounds in two weeks. And that was just a really toxic message for me and it's mm -hmm. a toxic message for everyone. Thankfully, there are a lot of women like me doing this body image work and mm -hmm. it's um, it's incredible. We need more of it, but it's it's incredible to be a part of the community. Yes. You mentioned there, it's, it's the whole, I'll be happy when. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's a major problem. Yeah. yeah. We call that, we call that, it's called um, contingent self-esteem. So mm -hmm. it's, it's based on the idea that 
Um, I'll be happy when I lose £10. I'll yes. be happy when I win the race. I'll be happy when I get the job promotion. I'll be happy when he asks me to marry him, that sort of thing. Um, Self-esteem can be a very beautiful and wonderful concept, um, but unfortunately it can be quite a dangerous one as well because you're creating a benchmark and you're saying that you can only be happy when you reach that benchmark. Yes. Um, that was only something that I've discovered in the last couple of years. Um, and since I have, I've started to move more towards compassion, which is, you know what? It's really fucking hard to be a woman in today's society. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give myself a break because at least I'm getting out of bed in the morning. Yes. And it's really hard to be a woman who feels self-conscious in the health and fitness industry. So I'm going to just cut myself some slack and start to actually talk to myself in the same way that I would talk to the people that I love. Brilliant. So that was a massive, a massive shift. Mm -hmm. um, Unfortunately, self-esteem, it's one of them, probably the most talked about topics out there and it's a really sexy topic and we see a lot of people talking about it and we see online influencers going, oh yeah, I've got abs now so I can wear a crop top. And I have a huge issue with that sort of stuff because it's telling the millions of followers that follow them, oh, you can only wear a crop top if you have abs and you can only feel good if you have abs and you can only feel happy if you identify as being good, etc, etc, etc. So it can be a very difficult trap and an overwhelming trap to fall into. Mm -hmm. But um, I guess I try to bring it back to a very, very simple concept. How would you talk to the person that you love most in the world? Mm -hmm. And for some people that's their daughter, for other people it's their mom, their sister, their wife or their best friend. And if you wouldn't say it to those guys, don't say it to yourself. That's brilliant. Mm. That is brilliant. Yeah. Um, I suppose I mentioned we've a wee bit of an audience here. <laughs> we do, yeah. I think <laughs> just, just, just in case they're <laughs> What's happening here? That's my dog, Princess Lizzie, who really likes Lee. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and also, just in case you're here, our view here is the airport yeah. runway. <laughs> now, whenever you said to me, you live literally beside the airport. Mm -hmm. I didn't realise your front garden was the runway. It was, yeah. And the light planes will take off right outside the kitchen. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. yeah. That is brilliant. Great view. Great view. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing then, that I've, I watched your TEDx talk. Thank you. Yeah. That was brilliant. Thank you. That, that was brilliant. That was tough. <laughs> how, how did that come about? Um, so TEDx um, was something that I always wanted to do. And I'm a firm believer in asking for the things that you want in the world. Mm -hmm. um, so I saw that... TEDx Hapenny Bridge was looking for speakers so I applied and I got it and it was wonderful because I applied for a TEDx tech before that and I didn't get it and right. I was devastated um, but I'm a big believer in turning your emotion into forward motion so I was um, very passionate and very determined to get this so I did and it was wonderful there is this misconception around um, a lot of TEDx talks that you need to be invited and yes TEDx will always invite people to talk, mm -hmm. but they often do, I guess, tender for applications. Yes. So there is that side of it as well. You still have to be accepted first. You still have to be accepted. <laughs> and by God, like it was a very tough process. Yeah. Um, and I, like, I think in, in the most positive and constructive way, they really did, um, they really did scrutinize every application to make sure that it fit the theme of the event. Mm -hmm. um, my fellow TEDx speakers were people that I never thought that I'd share a stage with. Okay. They were um, extremely um, well-established, renowned academics and lecturers um, and, um, I guess, um, activists within various fields. So it was wonderful to be considered mm -hmm. next to That's them. Brilliant. I always promised to myself that 
when I found a platform that I valued and that was meaningful, I would share m my story around my eating disorder, my mild eating disorder, but mm -hmm. an eating disorder anyway. Um, I never felt comfortable sharing it over an Instagram story or a Snapchat. To me, that wasn't real or authentic. It was just... Um, it just wasn't real and mm -hmm. I didn't want to live my life through that lens, I didn't yes. want to be that person. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it, it was just, it, it wasn't for me. I wanted a very serious and a very meaningful platform to share that mm -hmm. and that was TEDx and I finally felt like I was kind of being true to myself. I was very ashamed for a very long time that I was bulimic mm -hmm. and I was very ashamed to have a negative body image. Um, <laughs> sorry for, for anyone wondering Princess Lizzie has just jumped up on Lee's lap <laughs> give me kisses yeah. there we go. Um, I was very ashamed to have an body image and to have a, an eating disorder so trying to come to terms with it was very very difficult and trying to talk about it was even harder um, but I, I thought that Ted and everything had just kind of come together at the same time. So I said, you know what, Sarah, there's nothing to be ashamed about anymore. Take ownership over this. It's a huge part of who you are and it's a huge part of the work that you do with um, with your clients. Mm -hmm. Share the story and own the story. Yes. And that was incredibly helpful. And it just empowered me to really... Um, overcome it mm -hmm. and to beat it and to be okay which was amazing and um, I still have days bad body days as we call them and I still have days of wondering god if I lost a little bit of weight would this be easier and I'm getting married in February and if another person turns around and says oh you're going to lose some weight I swear <laughs> I'll slap them um, I've even had people look at me and go oh no sure Sarah you don't need to lose weight you already go to the gym and I'm just going, but you're missing the point altogether. Um, so there are still days, but TEDx Talk was just a wonderful culmination of all that experience and a beautiful platform for mm -hmm. me to share that experience. Yeah, but even the plat, like especially in today's world, like TEDx, that's what that's probably probably the biggest platform to get your message across. Um, the TED platform is mm, yeah, yes. the TEDx, the franchises, and. Mm -hmm. um, are still amazing. I'm not going to take away or, or reduce it nope. in any way. So yeah, it is. It's freaking amazing. Yeah. And it was a dream of mine. I, I would go to bed watching TED Talks when I was a teenager. So mm -hmm. the fact that I've given a TEDx talk is incredible. Um, and I got a lovely response. Not a response, but I just wanted that the TEDx talk because so much of it was about my personal experience. I did want to be able to share something to help people overcome and to give a reason for why people can leave an eating disorder or poor mm -hmm. body image behind. And I felt like I was able to do that on the, with that platform. And standing on that red dot, I felt like I was able to give a reason to motivate people to want to do the work. Because you mm -hmm. need to be motivated to do it because it's not easy. Um, and I guess also I gave maybe people proof that you can do it because for a long time I was going oh I'm just going to be like this forever this is just going to be my life now so that was really nice yeah. to be able to to, to, to do that mm -hmm. you mentioned there actually a minute ago about social media mm. this is always a sticky subject mm. for me so it is yeah. um, what are your thoughts on it um I have a love-hate relationship mm -hmm. with it. If it wasn't for social media, I wouldn't have a business. Mm -hmm. But because of social media, I have a therapist. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. It, um, it can be a source of so much good, mm -hmm. but you have to be a very disciplined and a very, um, I believe, strong person to use it. Um, I will call my Facebook feed on a very, Facebook feed, Instagram feed, 
on a very regular basis and unless that person is bringing joy or empowerment or happiness into my life then they have no right on my newsfeed um, and the reason why I believe Instagram can be a good place is because of the people that I have been or that I have chosen to, to surround myself with. So I am now, my, my newsfeed is now, um, you know, larger than life women, you know, what, what people or society or industry calls plus size women or curvy women, um, fat women or women with big bodies, whatever we're going to call them, um, who are really happy and mm -hmm. who are so confident and who are everything that I thought only skinny or thin people or thin bodies could have. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. And um, I see women of um, different abilities, of different race and ethnicities from different backgrounds that's incredible and mm -hmm. um, I see women who are able to do and have different things so the diversity is absolutely inspiring and mm -hmm. I think um, that is probably one of the, the main reasons why I'm on it because I wouldn't see it otherwise Ireland is a very very small space mm -hmm. and when I do any sort of body image work or any sort of work with, with women in general, we usually have to, at some stage, talk about comparisonitis, so our compulsion to compare ourselves to everyone around us. And a large part of that is gonna be, show me your Instagram feed, let me see who's on it, and then we're gonna cull, and then we're going to add. And quite often, by virtue of where I'm from, I will work with a lot of white, um, middle-aged women, and on their newsfeed is a whole bunch of white women. And I'm going, okay, they're white, they're able-bodied women. Let's diversify. Let's follow women of color. Let's follow women who have physical and or intellectual disabilities. Let's follow women whose experience of life is the exact opposite of yours. So you can actually start to gain some perspective mm -hmm. and possibly appreciation for your life. Mm-hmm. See when you're mentioning that, do you do you think there's such a thing as too much positivity promoting? Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I actually spoke about something like this on my Instagram stories okay. yesterday, yesterday, I think. Something like it anyway. Um, but over the last few weeks, I have been trying to re-energise my self-care plan. I've been exhausted and stuck in a bit of a rush, mm -hmm. to be really honest with you. And um, I have reduced quite a lot the amount of time that I spend online mm -hmm. simply because I don't have the energy for it. I might look or observe, but I just don't have the energy or the time to talk about it all the time. And I started to ask myself, well, what is this highlight reel that so much of us talk about? And this, this obsession with being positive and upbeat all of the time. And it just made me realize, you know what, when people are down and low, they don't want to go on social media. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely fine. And I, I wholeheartedly support a person who has other coping mechanisms that they're too busy engaging with to make them feel better. It's mm -hmm. really easy to be upbeat online because it's, it's fluff and it's really easy to do that. Um, I would have been, and I still sometimes can be, a little bit... I don't want to say judgmental, but very aware mm -hmm. of a person's feet and what they choose to show the world. Um, but not so much anymore because mm -hmm. it can be really tough to be open online. And I think that we forget that social media is not the only way to communicate with the world. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah, there you go. And it's that hashtag mm -hmm. and it's, it's like, unless I put it on social media, it doesn't count. Mm -hmm. 
I'll, I'll tell clients who come into my office every single day. I will tell people that I see in the street. I will share a story, but just because I don't say, hashtag, it's okay not to be okay online, it doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I don't buy into that. Yeah. It's really easy to be upbeat online. And if that's the life from the journey that they want to be able to share with us, but as long as they can still manage their, their demons, then mm-hmm. absolutely fine. Well, I'll be honest with you, because um, social media, I, I never thought my entire life that it would, it would affect me. Mm. It did. And yeah. I noticed, you know, you were bringing everything that was on it, you were, you were sucking it in. And it was, it was changing how you were, were acting, you know, it was changing the way you felt. And yeah. I just, a day I came and I said, enough's enough. It's mm-hmm. goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, everybody's different. I'm not saying everybody needs to go off it or everybody needs to be on it. If you find value in it, use it, go for it, brilliant. If you don't, don't be thinking you're going to miss something, you know what I mean? Exactly, and you have to give yourself permission to step away from it. Yes. And you have to give yourself permission to be able to understand and manage your triggers. And for some, their triggers will be as little as um, a couple of accounts that mm-hmm. just don't serve them in any way. But yeah. but for others, and there are so many of us out there, social media is a trigger. And if I'm very honest with myself, it's probably a massive trigger for me mm-hmm. as well. Um, I haven't been able to give myself permission to move away from it just yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm very serious about steps that I can take to nurture the good that I find yes. in it or the value that I get in it. Um, but I just think, I just wish that more people had the courage to let it go. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it is, like we're living in a world of extremes. We're living in a world where people are making a serious income and livelihood off it mm-hmm. but then we're also living in a world where it's causing us a huge amount of pain and suffering mm-hmm. it's I find those um, extremes very unusual and yes. very difficult and very complex and hard to digest sometimes but um, God one day at a time yes exactly yeah. exactly so you obviously do life coaching yeah. and mentoring and everything yeah. what got you into that is it your, your story from the beginning um, God, what got me into it? Mm. So my background was originally in human rights and international development. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. it was, uh, you know, when I did my undergraduate degree, I did a couple of modules in human rights as part of my bachelor's in politics degree, and I loved it. And I failed the course beautifully. It was hilarious. <laughs> I, I then took a lot of time off to go traveling, realized, you know what, I really want to take human rights further. So I did a master's in Thailand, got back from Thailand, spent a huge amount of time in India, just did a lot of volunteering, um, a lot of time overseas, and it was incredible. And then when I was in Thailand, the recession hit in Ireland, and... I, I was still I still laugh at myself but I was one of those very expectant early 20 something year olds going well I have a master's degree why don't I have a job yet <laughs> and um, I really struggled trying to find work um, but I eventually and thankfully got a job working um, in Trinity College and it was a wonderful opportunity and um, it was a fantastic position but I no longer loved what I was doing and it was a very difficult realization because I was working um, in human rights, international development and, and education and trying to give myself permission to to say, Sarah, it's okay that you no longer feel fulfilled by what you do was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Um, but during that time I kind of dipped in and out of other things and one of the things I dipped in and out of was life coaching. 
I was always very interested in motivation, confidence, empowerment, and self-esteem, but I thought that was psychology, mm -hmm. and yes. I thought that was psychiatry, and I thought that I had to go down the, the, the clinical road, and I had to get another master's and a PhD, but I was talking to a, a therapist friend of mine, and she says, no, Sarah, what you have described is life coaching, and I was like, well, life coaching, tell me more. <laughs> um, so we actually spoke, and, and she found a course um, that kind of ticked all the right boxes for me and I think you know within a matter of weeks I was enrolled in this course and then maybe seven or eight months later I qualified as a coach it took me approximately four years to leave my job in Trinity to set up not to set up I was able to set up the Better Life Project as a meaningful side project but it took me about four years to actually start working on that full time because mm -hmm. it was scary but I got there in the end. I actually done a life coach qualification myself quite a oh, few brilliant. years ago, believe okay. it or not. Yeah. Um, and I've sort of dabbled in and out of it mm -hmm. a wee bit. But I, I find the big thing about that is it's more about the experience that you've gone mm -hmm. through than the qualification. Don't get me wrong, you need the qualification, no, yes. But it's more about the experience. Yeah, um, I, I think that with the, the, the crucial part of any um, relationship that revolves around um, one person trying to offer help um, is is empathy and mm -hmm. sympathy and if, if I can show you that I've walked in your shoes and that I get it I'm able to have a better impact in, on your life so I, I think and I, I look at any sort of I, I will occasionally do a little bit of work with a life coach who's trying to get up and running and I will look at them and I'll, I'll go what was the biggest experience that impacted you mm -hmm. and, and that's what you're going to be really good at coaching yes um, so yeah because well, I always bring back to would you have an 18 year old do a life coach qualification? That sounds like a tricky one. No, um, and it's, it's a really funny one because I, I believe that you can only take someone as far as you've gone yourself. Mm -hmm. However, I have met incredibly wise and, um, and um, relevant and appropriate coaches who have coached people who are older than them and I have coached people well into their 60s and that's fine but um I don't know it's, it's a tricky it's a tricky you know and I asked somebody this before I was like life the word life coach and you, you ought, no, I'm not saying they have to be 70 yeah. years old either <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean no, but you're, you're dead right like it goes for so many things like I I, I hate the idea of, of a doctor looking after me who's only 23 or 24 <laughs> simply because I don't believe that you know they're going to be as good as someone who's been in the industry you know for 15 more years it's ex experience is massive um, it's the same thing when you look at an online coach on Instagram for example um, they're dishing out online programs left right and centre and I'm just like well how many actual people have you worked with mm -hmm. in real life that that to me is I will never work with an online coach who has not gotten dirty for years working with real life people yes. um, so m maybe now you've just planted a seed in my head going well why shouldn't that be the same for life coaching mm -hmm. I'm not 100% not 100% sure but um, I guess it should be always very case specific mm -hmm. no I'll come back to you, yeah. you mentioned the word and I would always use it yeah. it's empathy empathy if yeah, you, you know what huge. I mean if you can walk in somebody's shoe you've been there you've done it then obviously mm -hmm. you're able to coach them through it do you yeah, know what I mean I think so I think so there's um, this gosh and if James my fiance was here he would, he would be able to say it did you ever watch The West Wing no 
Oh, <laughs> I never the West it. Wing is something that you need to watch. Yeah. It's probably one of the best programs that has ever been created. But in that, in in the, in the West Wing, and myself and James have seen it a number of times. There's this. I think it's um it's a parable from the Bible or something like that. But it's it's basically a story about how this man was stuck in a hole, um and various people came along to try to help him get out of it, and they were never able to help him. And then all of a sudden, someone jumped into the hole, and the man was going, "What are you doing here? What are you doing here?" And he goes, well, I've been here before. I know the way out. Uh-huh. Um, I must try to find that or learn how to tell the story better. But <laughs> no, I think you have to point it, across. Yeah, <laughs> it just it, it really impacted myself and James because yeah. there was so much truth in it. You will be able to support someone dig their way out of the same rush that you've been in because you've been there before. But in saying that, there are going to be some absolutely wonderful 18-year-olds or even 21 or 25-year-olds who just get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the reasons why, and I don't mind saying it, one of the reasons why I'm a good life coach is because I'm able to try to figure it out and Mm -hmm. I'm able to use my combined experiences and skill set to still get something, to Mm -hmm. still relate to it in some way. Doubt, fear and pain, they're experienced differently, but it's still something that holds us back from our life in Mm -hmm. some sort of way. So... As long as you've had experience in one of those things, I still think that you're going to be able to get a personation. Fantastic. I think so. Now, you have a big event coming up in February. I do. I do. Empowered Women. Um, So I can't go... <laughs> it's it's I no it's something that I'm very aware of. I actually do for any man that identifies with what I say. I do offer a private session online right. for the same cost as the early bird ticket, because I recognise that these are very important issues for men as well. The reason why it's a women only event is because I do believe that our experience of life is very very different, mm-hmm. um, and I believe that for a woman when she is looking up into a room and she's going, they all get it. I've had women in that event who have been breastfeeding and their breasts have leaked in the event and I look at that and I know exactly what that is and she looks at it and she looks around the room and she goes, this doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's small things like that, but it's a one day self-care, self-esteem and confidence event for women. And the idea is, is just to be able to create a safe space for people to understand what their goals are and to develop the confidence to get it and then learn to manage that little inner mean girl voice that pops her head up every now and again and goes, who do you think you are? You aren't enough. So it's about supporting women on that journey. It's a really fun day. These events give me life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There, if I could do those, if I could just do one thing with the Better Life Project and only one thing, it would be those events. Yes, seriously. Oh yeah, I, I love them. I adore public speaking, mm-hmm. and I adore um the 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 these events to me are about spiritual and emotional empowerment. I want to be able to give people tools so that they can start to take steps into their power towards their confidence mm-hmm. and that's what these workshops are and, and the buzz in the room is always great I think a brilliant thing in life is somebody like yourself who you're wanting to help people you know what I mean and yeah. that sounds silly you know you want to help yeah I just yeah I know I, I do and I, I just I, I want to help women who just have been through the same things that I've been through mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what age we are I've had women in that room who've been 18 21 and 65 and they look at me and they go Sarah I've got no idea what I want for my mm-hmm. life um I've, I feel one inch tall I hate my body um I don't love my partner anymore we all experience those exact same issues mm-hmm. and 
it's really wonderful being a part of a woman's journey to help them feel powerful again. Mm -hmm. It's something that I don't take for granted. I'm beyond blessed that I get to do that. It's mm -hmm. a big step for people to take to realize that they're not happy anymore. Um, but it's it's incredibly powerful and transformative and goosebump worthy. And, and you're smiling when you're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it is. It's, it's freaking awesome. Like it really is. Yeah. That's better when you find something you love doing. Yeah, I think thing. so. Doesn't yeah. mean that you never work a day in your life. No, I, that's I, nonsense. That's, that's it nonsense. is, isn't it? <laughs> I hate that. I yeah. can't stand when you see these men going, oh, I love what you do, never work a day in your life. Yeah. And I'm sort of vomiting the back of my mouth. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, like I work, you know, 15 hours, six days a week sometimes. I cry, I bleed, and I sweat for the Better Life Project. Don't tell me that I don't work. <laughs> that's or that that's I love an ideal days. example of yeah. the positivity. Always be positive. Oh, if you fade up, you love doing you'll never work. Yeah, that's no, that, that's, that's, yeah. So going back to that question there, that's, that's very fake and contrived mm -hmm. and manipulated and that's part of a curated feed that a person is being overly controlling of. And mm -hmm. um, it's also, you know, probably just missing the point between what positivity actually is. Mm -hmm. It's it's our ability to bounce back. It's not just, oh my god, I'm gonna smile through the pain. <laughs> it's okay to be in pain. It's yes. okay to be sad, angry, or to have a bad day. That doesn't make you any less positive. Happiness does not mean that we've eliminated negativity from our life. It just means that we can look at an unhealthy or a, um, a negative emotion and go, you know what, it's healthy to experience this, I'm going to let it in and then I'll let it out. Mm -hmm. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, before we finish, right? Okay. Okay, what I want to say is, what message would you have, what sort of life message would you have for people out there, sort of for health and happiness? Health and happiness. Mm. Um... I'll do it in two different ways. Oh. Happiness. If you wouldn't say it to a friend, don't say it to yourself. Um, I've often felt and I've often worked or seen it, it's not what we have or don't have that prevents us from being happy. It's our mindset um, around the things that we think that we need and around the things that we already have. So if you wouldn't say it to a friend, don't say it to yourself. Around health and if we're maybe just looking at a person's physical health, um, I would just say start to honour your body, really start to take it seriously and um, move because you get to. I have two legs that get to take me places every single day and I used to give out about those legs because they didn't look perfect but I'm deeply grateful to my legs because they're there um, and I get to go to the gym and move them around and I get to walk and I've started swimming a lot and I get to do those things mm -hmm. and that's a wonderful privilege and I'm deeply deeply grateful so when it comes to our physical health we have something to be very very grateful for mm -hmm. and something to be deeply appreciative of and when I go to the gym I look at my legs and I go thanks mm -hmm. and when I come home I go god I lifted that overhead or I was able to carry the Christmas tree back from Ikea, mm -hmm. or I was able to pick up my dog. That's a wonderful feeling yes. that we often overlook because mm -hmm. we didn't sweat enough, burn enough calories, lift enough weight, lose enough weight, or be better than your one on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So basically the end of it is just move your body and just move your mind. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. And it, it is as simple uh -huh. as that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Sure, thank you very much. No that worries. was fantastic. Thank you. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you.